You're listening to the shorter, digest version of the Hutton Orbital Radio Show, with the Hutton News, the Hot Pit Bit, Commander Flossie and her community goals, Galnet Digest and Buck Naked's Top Trucker. If you want the discussion section and the green room, there's also a longer version of this podcast available. Whichever you choose, do enjoy the show. In the Hutton Orbital Newsroom... The ticker tape machine for the news stands silent, and a layer of dust is visible on its flat surfaces. People who are wearing green-tinted visors for an unexplained reason, and who are normally seen running around the room bearing sheets of paper crammed with words and bearing annotations in red ink, are idle. They stare out of the small, grimy window, as if in the hope of seeing an anaconda in need of fuel. Anything that might be newsworthy. A shifty character can be seen trying to hide a document obviously headed Transcript of Galnet News Digest and is cutting out a line that seems to read He set course for Hutton Orbital. What happened next blew his mind. A cloud of sweet-smelling smoke envelops one corner of the office as one brave soul expands his mind in search of anything new. Another can be seen Eyes closed, fingers on top of an upturned glass which rests on top of a board that contains letters of the alphabet. Agony and desperation is writ large on all of their faces as the hands of the clock sweep inevitably towards the time-ish that the broadcast is supposed to start. With a cry of, yes, they're still reviewing it. They hope to have an update soon, TM. So funk it! Let's do this one more time! One person frantically starts typing, then presses a button and pages start to appear from the printer. One of the runners grabs the pile, runs next door to the studio and slams it down in front of the presenters, just in time for his face to be bathed in a red glow and a voice to say, Our mics are live! Good evening, everyone. It's great to be back in the studio, even if this chair still feels a bit warm from Rudolf Hucker's uh, best wishes. We've got a packed studio tonight with most of our usual presenters, plus a special appearance by Mr. Galnet Digest himself, Commander Witherspoon. Good evening to you, Commander. Good evening, Dick. It's lovely to be here in person, even if it is just slightly past my bedtime. And always a great pleasure for us as well. Uh, Rudolf Hucker's away this week, fuel scooping near a warm star, but I have the usual gang of miscreants and marvels. We have Harry Balzac. Hi, Dick. The dulcet tones of Amelia. You say the nicest things, Dick. And of course, our pair of snuckers, the lovely Norma. Good evening. And the... Is that uh, is that how you spell wayward? It's got an N and a wayward Lou. Thank you, Mr. Chafing, sir. You're very welcome. Now for the headlines. Is Hutton Orbital Farg the Mighty's biggest threat? 
cow catastrophe risk removed as rat rescue realised. Elephantine flock of type 6s return to the bubble after mammoth migration. Special effect systems get an overlay to overwatch. No bickies left. Tea going undunked. Atrus5060 is enjoying the rest of his rest. Mollusk Man's last event. Lou's back. Let's hope he's up to the job. It's Thursday, and Norma wonders if Asteroid time for a new base. Tharg the Mighty, the multi-limb destroyer of worlds, or rather stations and not so much a destroyer as a disabler, has always planned new attacks to take place exactly one Earth week apart. And this has allowed plenty of time for Hutton Orbital Radio to be able to broadcast the locations of said attacks during our bulletin. Our brave Haxwing commanders have week after week taken the advice that we have given out and beaten Tharg and his minions, forcing him to come up with a new tactic. A few weeks ago, there was a last-minute change to the Thargoid attack locations, and the Eagle Eye Network did not pick this up until just before our broadcast, forcing us to issue an amendment. This seems to have given Tharg a new plan, and after mulling it over for a couple of weeks, he launched his mighty offensive on a Friday. Pilots out in the black who rely on Hutton Orbital for their hacks news are now at a disadvantage as Tharg now has six days to press home his attacks before our bulletin. It is possible that this new tactic may just be an experiment, as Tharg has chosen to infest only unoccupied systems thus far. One other popular theory is that, in common with many other species, Thargoids are on their annual summer holidays, and that the so-called infestation is nothing more than Thargoid families enjoying the sunlight, wearing splurge-me-quick hats and licking chilled escape pods as they take a few days away from the daily grind of attacking humans. Anti-Xeno pilots are urged to be vigilant, to keep up the date with their Eagle Eye network and to watch out for long tailbacks on the galactic highways when the summer season ends. Commander Psychocow, proud winner of the most chips lost in one day competition three years running, came perilously close to winning a second award today. When he awoke in his cow-skinned Type 9 to find he'd left the engine running for two whole days. With an oops, he realised he was still 288 light seconds from the main star in Lave. His fuel was almost exhausted and his ship had 6% hull. Blaming his situation on the last system he jumped out of, instead of on the last bottle he'd opened, he managed to get to 108 light seconds before his remlock activated, leaving him with only six minutes of life support. As the AA were busy rescuing the crew of the Red Dwarf, Cow lit the rat signal and prepared to wait. 
Flossie, our own in-house fuel rat, tried to lead the charge. But she was in the wrong ship, at the wrong place, at the wrong time, five jumps away from her rescue ship. The might of the fuel rat organisation swung into action, and the mischief of fuel rats consisting of Commanders Zerit, Flinzilla and Ravenoff were soon on hand, efficiently transferring fuel. And a mere 15 minutes after placing the call, Commander Psychokai was refuelled and left to go on his way, with a mind how you go and remember to switch the engine off next time, as the fuel rats returned to probably eating Snickers bars. Ship spotters gathered at Lave Station last night with their binoculars at the ready to welcome Hutton's Type 6s back from their long migration to the galactic core and back. Traditionally holding the start of autumn, the little fellows returned with battered paintwork from their long journey and settled outside the station. They gathered together before heading inside and returning to roost at the landing pads they hadn't seen in over a month. Once nested, the preening and feeding began. Exploration data was regurgitated, fuel was imbibed and the old plant uh, paint made way for beautiful new plumage. With all of this care and attention, the strength soon returned to their modules and they, and they ventured outside to watch for stragglers. Spotters noticed that neither of the two T6 GTIs, often mistaken for keelbacks, seemed to have survived the arduous trip, and many fear that hampered by those stubby little thrusters, they might not have made it all the way through the migration. There was no sign either of the large anaconda which had shadowed the flock through the early stages of their trip. It is believed that the anaconda's instinct for exploration took over, whereupon it set course for the far galactic rim. Who knows if it will return to Lave, or if it will glide through the remote corners of the Milky Way in search of a mate. Our little friends have seen so much. Black holes, nebulae, and more neutron stars than you can shake a stick at. After their seemingly pointless trip out, they roosted at Fort Mug and Explorers Anchorage before embarking on their long journey home. Passing water worlds, the odd earth-like and even a glowing green glass giant, their unerring homing instincts returned them to the bubble and the nestling grounds of Lave. When you are next out and about in the bubble, keep an eye out for these common little trading ships and if you spot one, spare a thought for their resilience and the enormous distances they travel, having to overcome their dual burden of both looking alike and having the handling characteristics of a house brick. As a respite from listening to Hutton Orbital Radio last week, Commander Sinrain of Special Effect Systems, the organisation that helps anyone to become a pilot no matter what number or types of limbs they have, met with Commander Overlight to do some exploring of a nearby constellation. The Plough, to be exact. The nearest constellation to their home systems, and coincidentally a place that just happened to sell beer. After spending much of the evening depleting the market of much of said commodity, 
the two commanders paused just long enough for the event to be recorded for posterity with an 0770 salute. During a recent update flight systems, pilot's update engineer Del Lichikis found himself unusually peckish. However, on his routine copy, coffee cup refill and quick bicky binge, he found the barrel to be bereft of sustenance. His bicky barrel was devoid of bickies. Apparently, when he'd sent the request for a restock of bickies, he had forgotten to remind the cook to back up his control logs, which led to a rather embarrassing situation where the poor cook could not work out what code-key combination unlocked the bicky barrel. After many hours of trying, he stormed off, depositing the crumbly morsels into the local dusty recycling port. Due to lack of energy provided by these spectacular mug companions, poor Dell had no choice but to work through the pain and gurgles of unrequited snackage. So please remember, truckers, whenever Dell is about, make sure you've backed up your bindings. Follow the keymap code. 1. Grab the custom keybind file once you have perfected it. 2. Rename it. 3. Edit the second line to give it a name. For example, Mickey. 4. Put a copy somewhere safe, then always choose the Bicky in the menu rather than custom, as custom can also be auto-overwritten. Where are these files, you say? In your app data folder. Local. Frontier Developments, Elite Dangerous, Options, Bindings. Now do it before Dell gets a hold of your bindings. Good evening, trackers. Atris5060 here. Once again, there's no news about the Thargoids because Tharg is at home, sulking about Gownit. He's gone in the hunger strike and is refusing to scoff escape pods until it's brought back online. There are two things he can't do without. Ammonia Avenue, his daily dose of caustic soap, and Garnet's Loose Humans Daytime TV. As the only systems currently being reported by Eagle Eye are uninhabited, so remember Commander Falco Took's advice. If you are looking to get a goid heart for the new bobblehead, you can find NHSS in pretty much any system in the Pleiades or WH region. Remember, if you're up for a break from combat, Operation Ida can also use a hand hauling repair supplies. So keep up the good work, truckers, for the mug! Short Engineer 78, our very own Daniel Tiberius Topham, has decided to hang up his event organising hat and head out into the black to commune with his people, the space mollusks. The Great T6 Migration was his Hutton event organising swan song. If you've been to a Hutton event in the last year or so, the chances are that it was one led and been arranged by Short Engineer. He started organising events in 3304 to stave off boredom and the inevitable bouts of space madness with which many of us are all too familiar. His Hotbox Prods series of events soon became Hutton Prods. Once the non-Hotbox guys saw the fun we were having, Hotbox loves a screenshot. Due to Dan's tireless efforts, Hutton commanders have prodded and inappropriately touched everything. 
from Thargoid attacked bases. Ask Commander Revelo about that one. Inara bases, Voyager probes, the Zurara, and even had an SRV race at Beagle Point. It was during his return from Beagle Point in a hauler that he had an accident which caused him to be ejected into the cold darkness of space where the space mollusks cocooned him in a resin egg, splicing in their DNA with his human genes to create the first human-space mollusk hybrid. He has stayed with us for as long as he could, but he's heard the call of his people, and once the siren song of the space mollusks has been heard by one of their own, it cannot be ignored. He must go with them now, and be free among the stars, whilst we poor humans cling to the motes of dust we know as planets, afraid to let go and drift into the inky blackness. Dan will be back to visit though. He says space mollusk conversation only really revolves around feeding grounds and floating, which can get a bit tedious after a while. Look out for him in the depths of space. He'll be the guy with no ramlock, a tentacle beard, and an enthusiastic wave. 07 Commander. Before we hear from Lou, Hutton Orbital Radio would like to take a moment to reassure our listener. As you will probably know, Lou Snockers could not be with us last week. This meant that we required someone else to fill the very small gap in the show left by his absence. Amelia volunteered for this duty and was rather amazing in this role. So much so that we were a little reluctant to let him back in. It's a complex job looking at the states of all of our systems and what effect we're having, then turning that into a concise set of instructions. At least we presume that it's complex, since Lou hasn't managed to do that yet. We were worried that after a week's absence, Lou might be getting a little rusty. So we decided to set him a test. Here is the result of Lou Snocker's audition recorded today, 15th of August, 3305. Hello? Hello? Hi. Is this this thing on? Is it? Bloody... Bloody hell. They, uh... Move my seat. Move my microphone. God knows where else she changed while she was in my... Ooh. Mm, Just a hair. It'll take ages to find things now. You miss one week and this is what happens. Good evening. Here is the news read by Loose Knockers. No, that's not right. Start again. Alvin's keeping out of George's pants as he's in a state of... Sorry, I'm sure I used to be able to do this, but Norma usually gives me a hand. I mean, she helps me getting it up for broadcasting. It's starting to come back to me. There's there's a post-it note that says LHS 340. Um... I'm sure that rings a bell somewhere. Well, I'm back in the chair. I've got everything adjusted and I think I've got all the stray hairs removed. Good job Norman knows it was Amelia sat here last week. I'd be in all sorts of trouble covered in long black hairs. We have some over 60s to look after this week. That's systems, not presenters. If you survive to that age in this game, you do not need looking after. So, if we can focus on working against HOT in Luton 145-141, 
LHS340 and WISE 0855-0714, please. If you want to work for hot, please only do so in systems below 50%. Now lists are boring and you all know where to look. Hot.forthemug.com King Hankey sent me about a dozen pages of stats for Colonia, but that was quite dull, so I shall summarise with Hot work in all of our systems in Colonia, but please only hand it in at Dola Depot in Tier. It's fairly short and sweet this week because someone has um, misplaced my tablet and replaced it with a pegboard and alphabet bobbleheads, and they're not easy to make notes with. Over to Norma. The Fortunes Corsairs faction has organised an initiative to transport food commodities to the Shamas system as part of a fundraising event to greenlight the construction of a new asteroid base. Find out how you can help with this later. to Hutton Orbital Radio, it'll keep you distracted so I can steal your cargo. Deathlock! Steve, Operation Active Endeavour, do you want to give us a quick run through of what it was and what it was about and how it freaking well went? Well, what it was, it started off as an excuse to make the Naughty Step something in-game rather than just a joke on the show. Um, so I came up with the idea of having to go to the naughty step if you didn't do as you were told. So then we had to make up things to tell you to do. Um, And we thought Sirius being uh, a valuable um, faction for gaining your permit to uh, Mr. Marco Gwent, I think it is, isn't it? The engineer um, are always getting boosted. And in AVIC, that puts us at constant risk of them chasing us down and taking over and putting us into a war and awkward things. So that was a good test system because it wasn't going to harm anybody. Um, So the idea of not working for Sirius and working for everyone else was was how to get you to the naughty step. Um, So I had a word with Mr. Entari's Fusion, who did all the masterful code behind it, and obviously uh, announced the event and by the end we had 50 people joining in which was absolutely incredible yeah i saw that the page is is, is phenomenal and tarius and yourself have yeah made something really interesting yeah yeah the idea was we had two two point systems so and we made it obviously we explained how the points worked but we didn't make it 100 percent clear a bit a bit like frontier with the bgs because the more you know the more you, the less fun it is. So we yeah, had the point yeah. system that you could see, which helped you not get red and yellow cards, and the scores that you can't see that I'm, we're about to reveal that actually won the competition for you. Ooh, that's sneaky. So you, you try to actively avoid people just gaming the system. Yeah, um, 
and there's a few things that we'll we'll tweak for next time but also the big plan was to build a, a platform that other people can use so if you've got an idea for an event that could use that kind of system with a penalty if you do the wrong thing it doesn't have to be going to the naughty step you could make them go to Hutton Orbital if you wanted or Beagle Point if you were being really cruel <laughs> brilliant <laughs> Colonia but yeah so hopefully the plan is other commanders will come up with their ideas have a chat with myself and Aaron and uh, put some more of these out on a fairly regular basis so okay so what you what you're really target. foreseeing is a uh, a gameable way for maybe even custodians who are finding that no one's particularly interested in their system and you can create a kind of in-game competition using um, the prizes that we have on offer, whether it be decals or whatever you know people are willing to donate, or your own prize if you wanted. It doesn't have to be um, anything that costs particularly a fortune. It can just be a sort of token um, and you can speak to the admin team um, because you know we do have a donate button on the Hutton Orbital page where you can donate to the prize pots, and we do tend to use that for prizes from time to time. Um, and most of us are quite happy to get prizes to get them the hell out of our houses. So um, <laughs> there's always an opportunity. And in fact, um, Mr. Um, Tech Monkey himself is currently working and developing the uh, winning uh, prize page for Hutton Orbital, and in that you'll be able to add your event information and and people who have prizes that they've produced or purchased or keeping in stock will be actually able to make those prizes available to you and your event, therefore giving you a nice little prize pot that you can pull from. And this system's going to encourage people to be registered there for your event so that at the end of the event, when, like, just now, you know, Steve's going to give out the list of winners or talk about the winners, you then have to try and get them to get in touch in order to get the prizes out. And what we found in the past is it becomes a, a real bottleneck for enjoyment, not just for the people with prizes, because there's nothing worse than having a pile of prizes, wanting to do one postal run, and you're held up by two people not getting in touch, or they have emailed, but it's got lost, or they've messaged someone who's then messaged you, but because of the rate of messages, it's got lost. There's so many failures there, rather than going to the one place and going, you've won, congratulations, please, you know, your details, and then it's all automatic. So it means that when the event finishes, within a week, we can actually be closing that event down and uh, not worrying about hangover so hopefully that will be available soon i know it's driving him mental i've seen it drive him mental it drove him mental today so hopefully we'll get that in place really really soon and we can start tying in these kind of events for the future uh, have you got ideas for your next one steve no i was just waiting to see how this one worked uh and it's mostly quite well so i'm got an idea how, how to tweak it a bit but not what to do with it once it's been tweaked okay all right well then i shall pass over you to to um do your um your administration well the first thing is a complaint <laughs> about the wonderful monty python um who contacted me in the week and said i've been hitting this quite hard if i do happen to win i don't want to <laughs> so please give the power the uh uh, prize to someone else, which totally messed up the code I'd written for giving prizes. Um, so I rewrote that. <laughs> and I'm just loading the beach now. So 
the real winner was Montgomery Python. Boo! But Is that what we should winner, do? Are we to boo him? Boo! boo. Yes. <laughs> no, the winner, excluding Monty P, was our very own Rincewind Cymru. Um, and I should do a big shout out to Commander Duckface, who was on holiday when it started, is the custodian of Avic, and about halfway through and got all the way up to third place. So congratulations there. Brilliant. Before I do the raffle prizes, I would just like to thank, just for the name, because it made me smile, Dan Gleebitz. Dan I have no idea <laughs> who that really is, but Dan Gleebitz really made me chuckle. Oh. Um, so yes, the obviously if you've not played the game, um, those who did, I'm sure know already. I did a, I called it a raffle. It's not strictly a raffle because it's one prize per commander, but I did a kind of raffle for the people that couldn't do much because we have had complaints in the past that after a couple of days there's no point joining in because someone's already run away with it so the three runners picked completely at random uh, based on how much they jumped in were Christopher Hankey I think we know who that might be uh, Paradroid and LV73 Cubone so if any of those guys are listening um, please drop me a message on facebook or twitter or in game i'll obviously post these on the website as well um and i'll just need your email address because these are gifts from the shop uh, so i have to gift them with your email address and uh, you get to pick from the list of prizes that which are on the hunt and helper page for the event brilliant well congratulations to you amazing winners and thank you to everyone for supporting the event and getting involved and please i think you know i think well i'll speak for steve because even though he's here um i can say it better if you have any feedback from the event i am certain steve would love to hear from you in order to pass it on and to make these events better and better and if you are wanting to run one or you have suddenly got an idea of what you would like to do get in touch with them and they will see what they can do is that fair? That is very fair. Thank you very much. And I almost forgot to say that everyone on that list who took part, however small or large their contribution, is on the list to get a Hutton decal. So if you haven't already got one and your commander played the game, you will get one um, as soon as we can work out which commander name links to which real person. It must be a nightmare when you go down a list and you go, it's Hanky, it's Hanky, it's Hanky, it's Hanky. That's Hanky. Who's that one? Well, that could be a, that could be a different command. No, nope, it's Hanky. Because he's got um, you know more mental health um, issues than uh, most commanders with his multiple personality syndrome. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve. Um... This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. 
but you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? here with this week's Community Goals News. We have a new CG this week, the Fortunes Corsairs Feast Preparation. The Fortunes Corsairs faction has organised an initiative to transport food commodities to the Chamas system. A fundraising event has been organised as part of efforts to greenlight the construction of a new asteroid base. Many of the system's elected officials are expected to attend the Grand Feast prepared by the most eminent chefs in Shamas. Silas James, representing the Shamas Foods conglomerate, announced, We feel that nothing but the finest foodstuffs from the inner Orion Spur should be on hand for this momentous occasion. Couriers are invited to play their part in helping the region towards an era of prosperity. A request has been made for independent traders to deliver various commodities to Denton Dock in the Shamas system. The initiative is scheduled to run from the 15th to the 21st of August, and if the final targets met early than planned, it will end immediately. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering fruit and vegetables, fish, grain and synthetic meat to Denton Dock in the Shamas system. And that's this week's Community Goals News. Flossie told you what to do. Good afternoon, truckers. Percy Thrasher here. Now, normally I'd be out farming barnacles, but sometimes the weather's too cold, so I sit down and read letters from our listeners. I remember the time that the pirates had run out of newbies to fire it. They decided to stoop to join in a group and attacking them all whilst in private. Now Mobius wasn't impressed. He took it as quite a bad jest. He spoke to Frontier, we don't want their sort here. They replied, we're doing our best. So some players found quite a solution to deliver some fast retribution. They started an action to attack the crew's faction 
not entirely the right resolution. News Digest, 15th of August, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, I love Tharg. Saggy Bucky photo scam. Sagittarius closes its eye. Amy gets the sack. I love Tharg. Having seen the rapturous reception given to the My Little Tharg bobblehead, Tharg the Mighty, Prince of the Pleiades and Emperor of the Coal 70 sector, has decided that two can play at that game. Hot off the organic press comes the I Love Tharg decal, made of a strange black substance that feels a bit like sharp coral, shaped into a tiny little happy Thargoid interceptor. You can tell it's happy because it's glowing green. To claim your I Love Tharg bobblehead, all you're required to do is not hand in any Thargoid hearts, or indeed any Thargoid body parts of any description. And because you love Tharg, fitting the bobblehead will automatically disable any AX weapons you may absent-mindedly have fitted to your ship. Saggy Bucky Photo Scam Pilots looking for a job as a photojournalist are being taken in by a misleading advertisement in this month's Sagittarius Eye magazine. The Buckyball Racing Club, which has previously been repeatedly condemned for encouraging dangerous flying, claims to be organising trials for would-be photographers. Participants are invited to photograph six items from a list, things like a buckyball hollow ad, a ship exploding, and a Coriolis with noob hammers. And return as quickly as possible to the printworks, where the fastest candidates will be offered a position. In fact, the whole thing is an elaborate hoax to encourage commanders to fly dangerously in and around Sagittarius I's home system of malaise taking photographs and posting them on social media to publicise the risks they're taking. Of course, the key to winning such a race is to get as many of the things on the list as you can into each photograph. If you can photograph your ship exploding as it flies through a buckyball advert at a Coriolis with noob hammers, and then take a picture of yourself in an SRV 250 metres above an INRA base, looking down on the wreckage of your SRV from your last attempt, you only need to take two pictures, and you'll be a guaranteed winner. Not that there are any winners, of course. The whole thing's a scam. Don't take part. Whatever you do. Sagittarius closes its eye. In related news, Sagittarius Eye magazine, 
which has been publishing monthly ever since September 3303, has decided to slow right down. According to the editor, there's just not enough going on in the galaxy to warrant a monthly magazine, and so rather than publishing every month, the magazine will now be published seasonally, which means four times per year, matching the rate at which updates are deployed to the galaxy by the Pilots Federation. Amy gets the sack. The voice behind Galnet Audio claims she's been handed her notice, according to unconfirmed reports. Amy Ivona was hired last year to add a bit of pizzazz to the otherwise deathless prose of the official newsfeed of the Pilots' Federation. But like CQC and Powerplay, it seems that Galnet News is no longer paying its way, and the cost of keeping Amy on the payroll is simply too much for the cash-starved failing company that is the Pilots' Federation. When asked to comment, Amy said, Do you have any gin? I could do with a gin right now. Make that a double. Oh hell, just give me the whole bottle. It is believed that the Pilots' Federation is in financial trouble because of its commitment to pay 95% of the cost of replacing its members' ships on an ongoing basis and without the option to refuse to insure those commanders who repeatedly get themselves blown up. Like Commander Flossie. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. And you can stick your job up your... Sagittarius, you are going on a long journey. Sticking your nose in where it's not wanted is part of who you are. This time, it is wanted as someone has obviously played a prank on you. That awful smell is indeed coming from your cargo bay. So, do you reject all your cargo? Or carry on smelling like a sewage farm? for another 10 days. Truckers, this is old Buck Naked, spokesman for Lacon Spaceways, back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, 
we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as running out of chocolate. Hmm. So let's get on to our top truckers from last week. Yeehaw! From the Explorers, jumping around like them horny rabbits in a field, Commander Crim Shadow 2 held the lead with a tad over 42,100 light years jumped. That makes three weeks in a row for him. The leader in destroying up the Don's dastardly desperados this week is Commander One Cat with 57.5 million credits earned and accounted for. And that ain't all he's done, because he's also our top mission trucker this week. Yep, Commander One Cat earned 2,948 mission points, effectively shutting down old Montgomery Python. Hauling cargo like a hunting trucker ought to. Commander Finn Clack transported and sold almost 114,500 tons this week. Keep on trucking there, Commander. Driving the Hutton High Speed Rail this week, Commander One Cat hauled 1,712 passengers around the galaxy. And that's three mentions for this cat this week. Go big or go home, eh? Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Rampage 737 in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 40 seconds. But the fastest run in this month of August is held by that rootin' tootin' salutin' commander known as 07 Commander in 1 hour, 23 minutes, and 49 seconds. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out, like old one cat, and you ain't already got one, like old one cat, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Button Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways, the only ships in the galaxy, what come with a book of bad jokes you can read on the trip out to Hutton. Speaking of which, if you're an American when you go into the bathroom, and you're an American when you come out, then what are you when you're in the bathroom? European. Howdy there, truckers. There ain't nothing old Buck likes more to start his busy day here at Lake On Spaceways than something hot and brown. That's right, a good old mug of joe. And in the evening, when I head home, I relax with good old sipping whiskey. Now, Buck here knows these things ain't made in factories. No, sir. They're made by hard-working farmsteaders. If you're wondering how these hard-working farm types get their equipment and how the grain and beans get to my mug, let me tell you, it's delivered in a Lacon Spaceways Type 7. If you, like old Mr. Naked, need a barn with wings, you'll buy yourself one of these here vehicles. She's uglier than Cousin Peggy Sue with a forehead bigger than one of my prize steers and longer than one of old Buck's tails. 
But when you need to grind that coffee run, she has it where it counts. And for an extra 2,000 credits, we'll even attach them steer horns in front of your cockpit. Now you be careful out there. Them Imperial types don't like you denting their toe tracks with your oversized forehead. But rest assured, the Type 7 from Lacon Spaceways will be the backbone of your next farm trip. Thank you very much. Goodbye for the book. Good night. Thank you for the book. Hutton Orbital Radio, we really are very, very sorry.